Well, it was uh, the most important year of my life. And that's how Henry Gierke, a Lutheran pastor here in St. Louis, describes the first year after World War II. It was the most important year in my life. See, the war was over. The Allies had won. And for many soldiers, 1946 was the first year they got to spend at home. However, for Henry Gierke, 1946 was a very different year. And that's because uh, 1946 wasn't the first year he got to spend with his family and kids. That wasn't the first year he got to return to a city he loved. It was the year uh, that the United States Army asked him to serve as a chaplain. A chaplain to 21 of the Nazis' most notorious criminals. The men who had planned World War II. See, it all started about uh, three years earlier. Gierke was a pastor here in St. Louis. He was serving at the uh, Lutheran City Mission, and it was exciting work, he explains. I got to travel the city. I got to uh, minister to the homeless. I got to visit people when they were sent to jail. Uh, But back in 1943, the U.S. Army was desperate for chaplains. Uh, So desperate uh, that the army's chief of chaplains had told our nation's congregations that as the tempo of war increases, so do our soldiers' interest in spirituals matters. And so he urged uh, the congregations of our country to send their priests and their pastors off to war. And, And so even though he was 49 years old, even though two of his three children were already engaged in battle, Henry Gierke enlisted in the army. And three months later, uh, he was assigned to the 98th General Hospital, and uh, he traveled with them to England, and then from England uh, to Munich, where he served for the better part of the war as he ministered to those who were injured in battle. But in 1945, shortly after uh, the war had concluded, and just as the Nuremberg trials were about to begin, higher-ups in the U.S. Army learned about Henry Gierke. They learned about this German-speaking pastor uh, who just so happened to be about 100 miles away in the city of Munich, a a German-speaking pastor who also had some history in prison ministry. And so on the eve of those trials, uh, they handed him an assignment, and they, they actually gave him the decision, will you serve as a chaplain? Will you serve as a chaplain to 21 of the Nazis' most notorious criminals, the, the men who planned World War II? You've got to imagine that it was a, a difficult decision. I mean, he'd spent the last uh, 18 months living in Munich. Uh, he'd been to the very camps uh, where they had ordered the executions of min- many, millions. And so you can understand why Henry Gerke might have asked himself, am I the right person to do this? Am I the right person to offer these men God's grace and forgiveness? Am I the right person to, to minister to these people that many consider monsters? And, and let's just say that I am the right person. Do, do they deserve a chaplain? Because, because I've been to the chambers, I've, I've touched the walls, I've seen the bodies. And, and, then, and then you got to imagine that he would have thought, and let's say that I do go. Will it even make a difference? I mean, can you imagine that these people are are ready to confess their sins and and to receive God's forgiveness? You know, none of us have uh, ever stood in his shoes. I'm I'm sure that in one way or another, uh, we're all familiar what it's like to ask questions like these. Because when you've been hurt, 
when you've been wronged, it's, it's human to wonder, am I ready for this? Do, do they deserve God's forgiveness? Do they deserve my forgiveness? And, and if I offer it, is it even going to make a difference? See, these are just a few of the very important questions uh, that many of us might wonder about forgiveness. Uh, They're the kind of questions I got to imagine that Henry Gierke would have wrestled with, and they're the kind of questions that we encounter today as well uh, as we encounter this story from the book of Jonah. You know, some people uh, will never admit uh, the hurt or the pain that they cause, while some people will never ask for forgiveness. Uh, The challenging message that we discover today, the 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 beautiful message that we discover today is that our God is always ready uh, to offer second chances to people like you and me, and that he wants to use people like you and me uh, to make that message known to this world. And so that brings us uh, to today's writing, reading uh, from the book of Jonah. It's a, a book about God's most reluctant prophet, As the scene opens in chapters 1 and in chapters 3, God gives Jonah a message. And then uh, when he ignores God, he gives him a message a second time. Go, God says, go to the great city of Nineveh and announce to them my message, my message of judgment, but also my message of grace and love and forgiveness that follow repentance. And yet it's, uh, it's a little surprised that Jonah, uh, eventually when he does respond, his answer is no. Because Nineveh was home to some of the most, uh, most terrible people, most unforgivable people on the planet. You see, Nineveh had done terrible things. Uh, a contemporary of Jonah's, uh, a man living in Nineveh, he puts it this way. The victories and conquests of Nineveh have gone uninterrupted for more than a hundred years. You know, then there's uh, the Old Testament prophet, uh, the man by the name of Nahum. Uh, In his book, you can read, see the flashing swords, the glittering spears, the chariots as they pass by, the countless casualties, the heaps of bodies, so many that they, the Ninevites, stumble over them all. And that's why when uh, God tells Jonah to go to the city of Nineveh, it's sort of like uh, he would tell us uh, to go to ISIS-occupied Syria or Iraq. Uh, because it's not the kind of place uh, that you'd be inclined to go. And, and if you did, it'd be the kind of place that would be downright dangerous uh, for people like you and me. But you see, as the story unfolds, what we discover in the book of Jonah uh, is that God is a God of second chances, a God who is always ready to offer his grace and his forgiveness and his love uh, to people who come to him in repentance. Not about you, uh, but when I consider the book of Jonah, I find myself a little surprised, a little shocked uh, by God's willingness uh, to show these kinds of things to everyone, to anyone uh, who wants them. Especially when you consider uh, the kind of people that the Ninevites were, what they had done. I mean, it's hard to believe uh, that God would want to give them a second chance. And yet that's exactly uh, the kind of message that this book tells us, that God is always ready to do this, that there is no pain, no rift, no hurt, nothing in your life that can separate you from his love. And that's the the message that God delivers uh, to people like us on a day like today. The message that says it doesn't matter who you are or where you've been, what you've done, what your story is. In my kingdom, 
there is always a second chance for people like you and me. Yeah, I don't know uh, what it might be in your life. I mean, maybe it's a a relationship, a relationship that has only gotten harder and harder over the years. And and while that first thing wasn't exactly your fault, uh, you also know that it takes two uh, to get into a fight. And then as you look at and as you think about that relationship, it's easy to look at it and think about it and think that there is no hope left. And yet God's message from the book of Jonah is that there is nothing, no place in your life that is beyond his grace and his forgiveness and his love. Maybe it's uh, the direction that your life took. It is so easy uh, to look at our lives and think about the, the path that we had planned and then the path that we traveled and wonder how on earth they ended up so far apart. Yeah, maybe, it, uh, maybe it was a career or a spouse or a family or something else in your life. It's so easy to do that. And yet God's message from the book of Jonah is that there is always a second chance for people like you and me in his kingdom. And that's the story uh, that the book of Jonah tells to people like us, uh, but it's also the story uh, that God tells throughout the scriptures, the story of Jesus Uh, who goes to a cross, of God who comes down to meet us right where we are, uh, to live our life and then to die on a cross so that you would never doubt, never hesitate, never wonder, never stop believing uh, that God always has a second chance for people like you and me. I've preached on this passage uh, a number of times in my eight years as a pastor, and it was uh, either the the second or third time, uh, three or six years ago, uh, that a woman in my former congregation came up to me after the service. And so I didn't know it at the time. Uh, her son, who would have been my age, uh, had died in a, a drug deal while he was off at college. And uh, as you can imagine, it was an incredibly painful thing for her and her family. And uh, to make matters worse, uh, they, they didn't even know the person who had did it. And she comes up to me after the service uh, with tears in her eyes, and she says, you know, if, uh, if God could forgive those people who are living in Nineveh, then I think I can, I can forgive the person who killed my son. And it's moments like these uh, that, that humble me as a pastor because, you know, I'd like to think that I could have a heart like this. I mean, I know that, uh, I know that God's grace extends to all people everywhere. I know that this is uh, the kind of love that God came to share with, with people like you and me when, when he sent his son to live and to die on a cross uh, so that our sins might be forgiven. I, I know that all of this is true. But you see, then that knowledge uh, confronts uh, the reality that God also wants to use people like you and me uh, to embody that message in this world. You know, whether that's uh, something big like what this woman did or something as simple as uh, forgiving a a brother or a sister, a friend, a spouse, a parent, a child, and no matter whether it's something big or, or something that feels in comparison much smaller, at some point God will call on each and every one of us to make his love known. You know, when that happens, uh, the promise that God makes is that he is the one who makes this possible. He's the one who makes this possible because he is the one who first shows us what love and grace and forgiveness look like. He is the one who comes down, lives in our midst, dies on a cross so that our sins might be forgiven, so that we then might go 
and forgive others. As you can probably imagine, it was, uh, it was a difficult decision for Henry Gierke to accept that assignment. Now, the assignment to serve as United States chaplain to 21 of the Nazis' most notorious criminals, but it was an assignment that Henry Gierke uh, eventually accepted. And during his time in prison, while the Nuremberg trials uh, were being held, uh, six, six of those 21 criminals confessed their sins and asked for God's forgiveness. That's in his memoirs uh, that Gierke writes, uh, with tears in his voice, uh, a man named Wilhelm Keitel, Adolf Hitler's uh, second in command, with tears in his voice, he told me, you have helped me more than you could ever imagine. And then Keitel says, may Christ my Savior stand by my side all the way. For I, Keitel says, shall need him so much. And I got to imagine that it, uh, it wasn't easy for Henry Gierke. I mean, he was uh, just a farm boy from Missouri. I mean, nothing could have prepared him for something like this. Oh, but then I got to wonder if that's the point, uh, that you don't have to be an expert, that you don't have to be a professional uh, for God to use people like you and me to deliver his message of forgiveness, because that is how God uses us each and every day to heal the rift, to mend the pain, to show the world his love and forgiveness. And so it's on a day like today uh, that I pray uh, that God would work in you, that he would work in you to do the hard thing for the sake of Christ's mission, a mission that that cost Jesus everything, a mission uh, on which he went to show all people, people like you and me, people like Jonah and the Ninevites, people like Henry Gierke and those to whom he ministered, ministered to show all people who he really is, a God of second chances. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.